Let us pray. What a beautiful song. What an uplifting song to remind us that you are the Lord, the God of dance. And I've said it so many, many times that you are a God that wants us to enjoy life and not lose our joy in you. It's not always that easy to hang on to this joy because sometimes things happen that make life somewhat difficult for us. All of us face many difficult things on a daily basis, but sometimes there are huge events. That just reminds us, O oh Lord, that even though we do not understand, we need to trust you as God. I pray, O oh Lord, that you will be with us this morning in this church, that through your Spirit you will guide us and you will help us understand your word and your will for us. Bless us as we enter into your presence, surrounded by your word and your Spirit. Amen. Yeah, I wanted to say it later, but I need to say it now. Um, yeah, there's a bit of a sadness in the Brits family. Um, last Sunday, we heard that Arnie's best friend was killed um, riding her bike by a guy that hit, hit her, and he uh, didn't stop at the red light, and they are still looking for this guy. Uh, that happened in Greenville. So my kids need to fly out to this 30-year-old kid's funeral this week. She was married for six weeks, and her dad died seven weeks ago of cancer. So the family lost the dad seven weeks ago, and they were planning to share the, to spread the ashes on the 4th of July weekend, and now the daughter is also gone. So um, I'm sorry, I do not have my normal joy today. I will have it back next week, but it's a little bit of a hard day for us. Um, of course, last week it was great. We, the kids were at home, and then we got this news. So, um, yeah, I just want to share this with you. Uh, I'm a little bit off today, <laughs> not myself, and please understand this. Uh, when I saw my daughter this morning, I, it, it just, yeah, you know. She was a maid of honor at the wedding and everything, so that's how it was. Okay, but let's continue now with my sermon for today. Now, most of you that have traveled and have gone to a foreign land, country, will know that it's sometimes quite surprising if you, if you, if you get there. You know, this is now a real story of a lady that uh, flew to England. Come on, move. Ah, there you go. Uh, of, a, of a lady that, that flew to England, and then she, uh, uh, a little while after she landed, she went to a grocery store or some department store. And when she had to pay, she took out her wallet or a purse or whatever, and then she took out all of these dollars. And the people looked at her and they said, you can't use this. You need to have British pounds. She said, well, I thought they use it everywhere in the world. Yeah, 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 they do, but you can't buy stuff. In South Africa, it's actually illegal to try to buy anything with a U.S. dollar. You need to use the local currency. They can arrest you if you try to use American dollars out in the street. But you don't think about this because you think the world is the same as this world that we are in. Now you are in a hotel room and you are looking for... Um, you know, you, you, need to, you now need to charge your phone and nothing fits in the hole. You know, this whole connector in the wall has nothing that you have. And then eventually you find yourself the adapter and then you use your hairdryer. And that's a really true Brit story. Uh, Henri took her hairdryer. I think we were in Greece somewhere. And uh, she plugged the thing in the wall. And next moment it sounded like a plane taking off. And then the whole thing melted. <laughs> Because the air dryer was 110, and you know that in Greece and Europe and South Africa, everything is on 220 volts. You forgot, because it's so different. But this is now as a tourist. 
If you go and live in a country, let me tell you, then you really discover how different things can be. So when I came to this country, I heard that the word bird and the word trunk is not connected to what I thought a bird and a trunk is. You see, where I am from, that's now a bird. And I hear that that thing here is a trunk. That's where you put your clothes in your car. In South Africa and England, you put your stuff in the car's boot. In South Africa, you actually drive on the pavement. And you drive in the street. I, I mean, the kids walk on the sidewalk or whatever, but you drive on the... No, no, let me get it right. In South Africa, you walk, you drive on, on... Luis, help me for a moment. Yeah, on the pavement, that's correct. Whatever, that's where the people walk. And then you drive in the street. But everything is sort of different. I, I forgot this thing now, how it worked. Very different. Today I need to remind all of you that are in this building or are watching us online. You may not know it, but you have moved to a new land. You have. You are actually the citizens of a different place. A place that the Bible calls the kingdom of God. Our Lord said, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also the members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. The moment when you and I became a follower of Jesus, the moment when I became a part of the church, the moment when I started to pray and I read my Bible and I say to people that God is important to me, the Bible tells me that I've actually immigrated. I've actually spiritually immigrated to a new land, a new country that are completely different from the one that I know. And that's what I think is a, is a, is a bit of a problem for a lot of people because they forget, but I, I'm trying to apply the rules of the world that I physically live in into a world that I'm now spiritually supposed to be living in. And there's a huge difference. And the longer that I'm a part of this new world that I'm supposed to be a part of where I'm a citizen, I will discover the nuances of the differences that I should now know as I live as a child of God. So where is this kingdom of God? I've had many people ask me this question. So, Ferdy, if you tell me I'm a, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God, where is this kingdom? And I'd, I'm going to use an analogy or an illustration to try to explain this a little bit today. Every single moment of your life, you've been surrounded by air. The moment when you woke up this morning, you were breathing because you were breathing while you were sleeping. But I don't think any one of us, as we woke up this morning, said, I need to breathe. You just automatically breathe because you assume that there is air in the room and that's what you need to, to be able to be alive. So air has been surrounded us const surrounding us constantly. Air gives you life. Air makes it possible for you to be who you are. Without air, you can't survive. But then we have these, these moments where... We normally don't even think about air. I didn't think about air when I came into this building. But then you have these breakthrough moments when you and I actually are reminded that there's something like air that's around me when the wind starts to blow. I call them breakthrough moments. If you step outside and suddenly the wind came up, you will walk outside and say, Ah, oh, the wind is blowing. It's just air that's moving. 
But when the wind blows really hard, then you and I can see there was a tree toppled over or some damage was done or the leaves are hanging over or whatever. And that tells you the power and the force of air that you and I breathe on a daily basis. Something you and I can't see, something you and I can't really feel or touch, when it starts to move, it has the power to destroy almost everything in its path. I think it's a good illustration of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, and I'm going to take you back to that slide in a moment. The kingdom of God surrounds us every moment of every day. The kingdom of God surrounds every single human on this planet. If you believe in God or not, I promise you, you are within the kingdom world of God because without the presence of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, no single human being can be alive. Life is given by God and by God alone and no one else. No one else. And nothing else can give life. So if you look at life, if you look at this planet, Like air surrounds this planet, the kingdom of God is all over, surrounding every single thing and item and person in this world. Because God is just here. Just where I cannot see Him. God is here. But then we have these breakthrough moments like air. I can't see air, but I know that when air starts to move, I sense it. I feel it. We have these breakthrough moments, and that is when the Word of God is proclaimed. Wherever the Word of God is proclaimed on this Sunday today or any day of the week, the air of God's kingdom is starting to move into the world and the lives of people. God becomes visible through His kingdom work. When anybody listens to a sermon, when a life is changed, I call that a breakthrough moment. And what does it mean when a life is changed? A life is changed when you and I, tomorrow morning, when I drive to my office or I say hi to my family, decide to treat them differently and not be as mean as I was last week or rude or insensitive. You see, the moment when I look at people differently because I believe that God wants me to be a different person, that's a breakthrough moment where God actually is moving with His kingdom forward in the lives of people and it becomes visible. A breakthrough moment is when prayers are answered. If you look at this bowl here, the pink one, all of those are pink prayer cards that people wrote and sent in because they prayed for something and God answered the prayer. These blue ones, you are welcome to still fill out these blue prayer cards. Just put them in the plate. And if you've got a prayer or a praise, you can put that on a pink card in the plate and we'll find its way here. But you see, we pray and many times God answers our prayers. And when God answers my prayer, I know that that's a breakthrough moment where the kingdom of God became visible. Like the wind blowing. I can now see how God is actually changing the things that I really desperately asked for. And then miracles. I think all of us can tell a story of something that happened in your life that was strange, that you can't really explain. There are a number of those that happened to me personally, and I think with us in this church, where things happened that were sort of awkward. No, they were godly. It once had to do with a guy that came to church and, and, you know, he wanted to join the church, for an example, but he was struggling with the presence of God, and, and on the day that he joined the church, he was moving, and, and he was sitting way at the back, and, and I was saying good morning to the folks in the church, and I said to him, hey, John, his name wasn't John, that's not important now, but I said, hey, John, they're loading your piano. And I 
continued. And afterwards, he came to me and said, why did you say that? I said, I have no clue. I was a bit stupid. He said, no. I had my neighbor watch our furniture being loaded in by the movers. And I told him, if there's any issue, let me know. I had my cell phone on my, on my leg, on vibrate. He said, when you sit there loading your piano, my cell phone vibrated. I walked out, and my neighbor said to me, they're loading your piano now. There are scratches on the side of your piano, and they want to know about insurance that you know about this. He said, why did you say it when he said it to me? I said, because God wants you to know that he's here with you wherever you are. That one sentence changed that guy's life forever. We were were talking about God for, for weeks. That day when he left the church, he says, now I know that God knows. That's a miracle. That's God. That's the kingdom of God breaking through in the visible way that we know that God is for real and that what God is doing is for real. Then one of the most important places where the kingdom of God broke through is with the coming of Jesus. You see, with respect, there's this crisis that God has with us. You know, God wanted to be with us in a present, real, realistic way. When He created Adam and Eve, He created them in His image. That means that we've got something of God in us. He created us to relate to God, but also to see God. You know, the Bible tells me no one can see God really how we are now and still be alive because our hearts will stop. God is too big, we are too small and too sinful. But in paradise, God created us to actually walk with God in the garden. That's what the Bible tells me. So in some way, God made it possible for us to be so close to God that we can actually see this God without the separation that we have now. And then when sin came now, suddenly we are separated from God and the kingdom of God became invisible. Because we are now in a world where we see the kingdom of this world way more than the kingdom of God. And how can God now remind us that there is something out there, something surrounding surrounding us that is as real as air is, but people do not want to see? So God sent messengers. If you page the Old Testament, time and time again, God would send someone to His people and say, guys, remember now, I am God. God would act in a mighty way. You know, when the Israelites were moving through the Red Sea, He parted the water for them, or before they moved through. When they got to Sinai, all kinds of things happened at the mountain. Everything happened, a lot of things happened with them in their country, so the world may know there's a God that's different, and His kingdom broke through, and they could see Him. They could see God. Because God wants to be seen. And you and I are the breakthrough moments also for God in this world. Where we live and where we act and how we act to and interact with people are actually those moments where the kingdom of God breaks through. But the most and the biggest one, Jesus. God again on this earth, like in paradise. God again standing between people. God again talking to people. People actually seeing God, the face of God. If you ever wanted a moment where you wanted to know that the kingdom of God is here, is to just go and look at the story of Jesus. So, where is the kingdom, Ferdy? The kingdom is here. 
just outside of what I can perceive, but the kingdom of God is here because all of this is God. We are actually playing in God's backyard. We are playing with God's stuff. We are using God's instruments to do what we are doing. All of this is God's. It's not ours. He gave all of this to us that we may worship Him and may know Him and may recognize Him. But all of us, every single human on this planet, is actually playing on God's property because we own nothing. It all belongs to Him. But there's another very important thing that I need to say. Sometimes there's also the wrath of God. That's a breakthrough moment. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see whether perhaps he would find anything on it, but when he came, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season of the figs. He said to it, May no one ever eat from this again. His disciples heard it. In the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree withered, withered away, withered away. Then Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. What did this fig tree do wrong? Many people have said, but what is happening here? It was actually sort of out of season for the fig tree to have fixed at that point. But you need to read the story before this. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, and what he found there were people that bore no fruits of the kingdom of God. You see, and we will get to this, this is just the beginning of a two-week sermon. So today is sort of way more introduction. Next week I'm going to continue. I, I can't do this in one day. It's impossible. Maybe next week is also not enough. We'll see how far we get. But what happened here is that God says, remember now, my kingdom surrounds everything. I am God, and if you ignore me or not, I'm still God. But sometimes, as God, I will need to show this world that you guys are not bearing the fruit of what I've given you. And that's what happened here. Jesus went to Jerusalem, and what he discovered was that the people made the temple a a huge marketplace. It was like a Walmart at its best. And, 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 the, and the scribes and the Pharisees that were actually the leaders of the people were not leading the people godly. They were leading the people in a direction that took them away from God and not towards God. And when God, Jesus looked at this fig tree, he said, there's no fruit on it and it will be punished. He was symbolically saying, the kingdom of God exists surrounding us. But I can't ignore it. This is what the world needs to know. This is the thing that scares me the most. You see, we live in a world now where most people say, I don't believe in in God. I don't believe in the kingdom of God. And God says, at some point I'm going to look at your life, and if you do not see who I am, if you do not have the fruit of the kingdom, then you will perish. You will perish without me. And to die without God must be the most horrible thing that can happen to any human. That's not a journey you ever want to take without, without the presence of God. 11-11. Can someone just turn off a clock somewhere? Please, you know, just get this thing turned. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm, I'm just. There's a clock, there's a clock, and you all have these things. It's so horrible. Okay, let me just start with this, and then I'll end. So Jesus is this breakthrough of the kingdom of God. And what did he come to do? Jesus came to this world and he said, the kingdom of God is as real as 
air that exists, that keeps you alive, that provides for you what you need to be able to be human. You're actually playing in God's property, and you're using what, what is God's, but you need to get to know this God. Otherwise, you're actually like an alien or, or actually somebody that's, that's trespassing. Because we are living in God's kingdom and we are ignoring the owner of this kingdom. We are running around on his property and we are using and misusing and abusing what is his without ever giving any regard to the owner of what we have. So Jesus comes with an extremely important message about the kingdom and he says to Fondry, from that time Jesus began to proclaim, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. One of the most breakthrough moments ever to see the kingdom of God. In this one verse, verse 17 of Matthew chapter 4, you find this in Luke and in Mark also, and in John. No, not in John, but in the other two Gospels. In this one sentence, you will find the whole Gospel. You'll find, in a sense, everything that anybody needs to know about who God is and about Jesus. Let me explain. You need to see God. You need to have the desire to see God. Let me explain. So when Jesus started to preach, he was not the only rabbi walking, walking around and teaching people. There were a number of rabbis walking around and making all kinds of statements about God. The Pharisees and the scribes did this continuously, but there were also other people surrounding them that did this. So a rabbi means teacher. So there were a number of people that thought they had the ability or the knowledge to teach other people. Now Jesus is just another one that's now standing there and he's starting to, be, to teach. But people had to be drawn to him to be able to hear what he's going to say. If you ignored this person that's standing there and you didn't care for him, then you would never hear what he's saying. He just came out of the desert after he was 40 days long. He was, he was part of a, uh, his test. Uh, Satan tested him for 40 days. He just came out of this. He heard about John that was killed. And now Jesus stands there and he's now going to speak. So if you do not care about Jesus, you do not turn towards him, you do not care for what he's going to say, you will miss the entry gate into the kingdom of God completely. Because only in him there's a door. In Jesus. There's no other door. How can there be? And as I said many times before, if there are ten doors that lead to heaven, why is one door covered in blood? There can only be one door, and that one is covered in blood because Christ had to break open that door for us. And now Jesus stands there, and he proclaims, he says, the kingdom of God is near. You first need to see him. The second thing, you need to come and find out what he's trying to tell you. What he's trying to tell you. You see, in this invisible kingdom of God, you can only get into the kingdom if you are interested in knowing who the owner is of the property. If you don't care who the owner of the property is, you will just say, well, it's now mine. Oh, I've got it. I picked it up. It's mine. Finders keepers. And that is the desire that needs to be in every single human heart. That you and I need to seek the one whose property I'm living in and on. And that's what's happening here. You need to seek the owner. You need to seek Jesus. And why do you seek him? Because you need to come to a point at some point to say, I do not know. I do not have the answer. I can't do this. 
I do not understand life. I sat with my daughter last Sunday, and I said to her, I do not have an answer for you, and I have not yet given her an answer. I don't have an answer. What do I say? Why did this one kid out of 360 million people in America cross the street at that point, and a person drove through the red light, killed her, and they are still looking for him? Stolen car, stolen tax. Why that one in that second on that corner? On a, on a trail, a bike trail. I don't have the answer, do I? But I'm still turning to Jesus to get the answer. Because I know that's the only place and he's the only one that I can get it from. There's no other answer. He's there. There is no other answer. And then he started preaching and he said to the word of God. Repent. That's how God works. God works through his word. And his word will always call us to repentance. And the word repentance just means to turn to God. It's not always that big thing. That I have this completely horrible thing I need to let go of. Repentance means I'm so busy with the here and the now that I miss the kingdom of God. I'm so busy with my sermon that I forgot to breathe. No. I continue to breathe because the air is here and I need it to be alive. But take the air away. I promise you I will look for it desperately. Take the kingdom of God away, and I promise you every single person will be on their knees looking for it because without God, you can't. That's the crisis. So repent actually means to turn towards God every moment of every day and then seeking His kingdom and saying, okay, if I am turning towards you, I now know I'm immigrating. I'm actually moving into a new land with different rules and different requirements and different everything. I'm not going to do all of this now. I Next week. I need to assimilate into this new land that's the land of God. A number of people that moved to America tried to build their own countries in their own homes. You know, they tried to do everything, still they did it, and they don't want to learn the language, whatever. And I've always said when we moved here, we are now Americans. We are. I've got a passport. I've got a flag uh, outside of my house. I've got it, man. I even now know what a trunk is. Yeah. And I know what a slam dunk is. I had no clue what that meant. I had no clue what it meant when somebody said to me, I'll touch base with you. I had no clue what they were talking about. Because we don't play baseball in South Africa. I had no clue. I had to assimilate in the bank system, in the tax. Oh, the tax system. Oh, I don't want to tell you. I had to assimilate in driving on the wrong side of the road. Because we drive on this side of the road where I'm from. Everything is different. If you and I understand who God is, And what does it mean to be a citizen of heaven, of the kingdom of God? You and I can't live as if the rules of this kingdom doesn't apply to me. People that are trying to live in America without being Americans suffer, struggle, and will not get anywhere. You and I need to be a part of this world of God to get where God wants us to be. This slide is really more for my announcements. But being part of the kingdom of God also means to serve the kingdom of God. Now, we have lost, I've, I've said to Daniel a while ago, I said, I've never, my, I don't think there's anything in ministry I haven't seen. I've been a pastor for almost 40 years. I, I, man, I think I've been around the block a few times. But I haven't seen this that's happening now with the Church of the Lakes. So let me start. Nancy and, and Richard, that were a huge part of our fellowship wall stuff in here, they moved to Tennessee. 
And then we, we had Jonathan leave, and he's moving to Georgia. And, and then we have the Strouts, that's now his parents also moving to Georgia. And then we have Danny accepting a call. And even now, I heard that my party planner, Jenny, is going to move to Tennessee. She needs to be with her family also there. So the reason why I tell you this is because we now need a number of people that need to fill up these holes, or people that were very involved in our congregation, serving the kingdom of God. I need a youth leader, otherwise I'm going to be the youth guy in August, and good luck to the youth. <laughs> I've done it before, but that's 40 years ago. They're going to learn songs that they don't, that I don't even know the words anymore. So we need youth people, and we need people to help us with our fellowship hall. Uh, I need a new party planner, and all of these things. So if you see, that, well, I need someone to drive the golf cart. Poor Mellon did it this morning because my son is out of town. He was... He can't be here. I need someone to drive our little golf cart because we've got people also to be moved to our building. So there are countless opportunities not to serve only this world, but if you serve here, you also serve the kingdom. This is a breakthrough place where the kingdom of God becomes visible. So help. And be that breakthrough place not only here, but out there. I need to say amen because I'm now really out of time. But I've actually done, I would say, a third of my sermon. So you can't not be here next week or be online because this is the sort of setting the stage for the most important part of what does it mean to be a part of the kingdom. I can't, I can't do it all today. It will be unfair to the word of God and to what I need to do with you guys. So you've got a week-long commercial break and then we continue. And we will go big. So please, please, you can't stop here. We are not closely done with this whole message. Uh, I, I plead this. 